Hey, what's up, Propel Church? Pastor Nick here, and it is our five-year celebration today. Come on. I am so excited to be with you. We've seen God do some incredible things. Let me just tell you, last week I had the opportunity to gather with the Dream Team for a vision night as we kind of talk about what the future is going to look like around Propel Church as we continue to move forward. It was an incredible time, and you may be thinking, well, man, I, I didn't get an invite to that. All you have to do to get an invite to stuff like that is sign up to serve in some capacity here at Propel Church. I would love for you to do that. You can find all that information on our website. Man, we're excited for today. We believe God's going to do some incredible things. And just a reminder, I know I've told you multiple times already today, but tonight from 6 to 8 p.m., we're going to be gathering in the church parking lot here at Propel Church, and we're going to be celebrating. We are going to have a cookout, so come ready to eat. We got free Papa Rob's. I mean, we're going to have a blast. Your kids are going to have fun. You're going to have fun, and it's going to be great to see some of you that we haven't seen in months. If you're not familiar with our church, I want to say welcome to you today. My wife and I started this church five years ago with the heart and passion to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. No matter who you are or where you're at in your life, we believe that in order for you to have a holistic relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you need to know God. You need to have a personal relationship with Him. You need to find freedom, meaning there's some mess that you've got going on in your life, and that stuff needs to be dealt with so that you can settle your yesterdays and walk into tomorrow. You need to discover your purpose because God uniquely wired and designed you. You were not an accident. You were made on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose, and we want you to make a difference. We don't want to live our lives just for the here and now. We want to make an eternal impact. And the way we do that is we know God. We settle our yesterdays. We figure out how he wired us. And then we serve in the local church and in the world. That's been the heart of our church from day one. And I remember looking back at September of 2015, and we started Propel Church in Mount Pleasant High School. And if you're not familiar with my story, part of my story is that I was kicked out of Mount Pleasant High School for drug possession years ago. Then God saved me. He transformed my life and with this message of hope that anybody can be set free and redeemed, we came back to Mount Pleasant to plant a life-giving church. We started on that first Sunday, September 20th, 2015, and on day one, we had 164 people. People gave their life to Jesus. It was incredible. And then over the course of the next year, uh, I grew the church all the way down to like 80 people. I mean, like we struggled. It was hard. It was difficult. We were trying some things, and but then we kept remaining faithful because God gave us a promise. He gave us a word to plant a life-giving church in Mount Pleasant. We were seeing people meet Jesus. We just weren't seeing some of the external results that we wanted to. But that's how a seed works. When you plant a seed, the beginning stages of the growth process happen underneath the surface. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not growing. Maybe that's an encouraging word for, for you today as you're on this spiritual growth journey. That Just because you don't see necessarily the fruit of your labor just yet doesn't mean that you're still the same person who you used to be. God is growing you in areas that you don't even see yet. 
We got to 2016 and we were still seeing people meet Jesus. And in 2017, we had this summer where we were doing some fun activities every weekend. There was there was uh, one Sunday where like people were running around in T-Rex costumes. We were giving out uh, popsicles and watermelon. We were just having a great time. And over the course of that summer, we saw a, a ton of people meet Jesus. And not only that. We grew by almost 100%. We went from like 70 to 80 to like 140, 160. God was doing some amazing things. And so in 2017, we started the conversation with you about moving to two worship experiences because our heart as a church has always been to create more space for people to meet Jesus. So we did that. We made the jump to two worship experiences, and thanks to that shift, we saw God grow us to reaching over 200 people a weekend. And you may not know this about church health or church growth, but, but really the, the life uh, expectancy of a church significantly increases when they start reaching more than 200 people. Well, under 100 people, you have about a 15% success rate as a church. But man, we were seeing more people meet Jesus, and every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. So we told you about in 2017 how we were going to move and we were going to do two worship experiences. And then in 2018, I came to you and said, hey, I feel like God's called us to establish a permanent home here in Mount Pleasant. And we were pursuing land. We were looking for ways to, to move and in that direction. And I had toured properties, but I kept driving by the old Mount Pleasant Middle School. And every time I would drive by it, I would say, I feel like that's our building. I remember heading to uh, go negotiate the price of, of uh, a piece of land here in Mount Pleasant and telling our finance director, this is great and I'm excited for this, but I really feel like we're supposed to be in the middle school. I feel like that's our building. But every door kept closing until one day it didn't. It's interesting that man can close every door, but when God opens a door, no man can close it. And so God opened the door. The phone conversations started. The building tours started. We started negotiating the price. And then in 2019, we were able to come to you and say, hey, uh, in March of 2019, we announced that we were going to move into the old Mount Pleasant Middle School and we were going to breathe new life into an old building. That we negotiated a contract to where we would fix the roof and the HVAC in exchange for rent which is a win-win, and, and, and it was going to be a big project, but man, we were going to see God do some incredible things. We got to September of 2019, and I told you that I didn't have a, a, another worship experience you know, vision from God, and I, I didn't have a, a new building from God. What I had for you is this word, abide, that over the next 12 months, what we really needed to do was stay faithful and remain close to Jesus, and then 2020 happened. We moved into our building and we had some incredible opening weekends. We started seeing over 400 people in attendance. And then in March of 2020, COVID-19 shook the very foundation of our entire world. Everything started changing. Our church went fully online. We, we were kind of prepping and preparing for what church would look like in this season. And still, we've seen God do some amazing things. Even through church online, we're seeing people meet Jesus. Even through a pandemic, thanks to your generosity, you've given over $26,000 just to outreach and missions. And we've watched God do things over and over and over 
over again. We've seen new families come to Propel Church and start serving just from church online. God has done some incredible things in this season. But what does 2020 and 2021 look like for us as a church? I don't have a crazy big announcement like I have in years past. I I feel like I just kind of have a word that we're going to move forward on just like we did in 2019. So I started reading in Scripture, and I got to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, which is the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer has a, is a very special one for me because I believe it's a beautiful outline for what prayer looks like for you and I. This is what it says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I was reading that passage of scripture and and I just felt like the Lord said, circle that and stop. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus is praying in this moment is that when the kingdom of God comes, when God's will is being accomplished on the earth, what is already available in heaven is now accessed on earth. Think about how cool that is for a moment. If you're anything like me and you've placed your hope and trust in Jesus, as Paul says, we long for the day we get to go be with Christ, but but for now, we're going to do something with our lives. So I'm, I'm pumped and I'm still here, but I look forward to that day. I look forward to the day where there's no more sickness, there's no more pain, there's no more suffering, and I'm actually restored into perfection with God the way that I was originally created. That's Great, but Jesus says when we're experiencing the will of God, we actually get a taste of perfection on this side of eternity. That's amazing. I want more of that, not less of that. And so after that, I wanted to keep reading, but I felt like the Lord said, go to John 14. And as I got to John 14, I read verse 2, and this is what it says. It says, my, this is Jesus talking. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And so I wrote these two things down in my journal and I'm just sitting back and and I'm praying. I'm going, God, what are you trying to say? On earth as it is in heaven, my father's house has many rooms. And so for the next 12 months, church, what I feel like God is calling us to focus on is to be one house, many rooms. That the vision for our church, the focus that we're going to have over the course of the next 12 months is that we will be one house, many rooms. The cool thing about this is as Jesus is talking with his disciples and as he's sharing um, just this message of, of hope with them, he's talking about leaving, but, but he says that my father's house has many rooms. And, and what he's doing is he's talking to the disciples and he's letting them know that there's a place in God's house for them. For Peter, there's a place in God's house. For John, there's a place in God's house. For Thomas, there's a, there's a place in God's house. God has made a room. There's many rooms in the house of God, but more importantly, he's letting every disciple know that God has a place in his family for them. 
I believe what's incredibly necessary in 2020 and beyond, maybe the perhaps the greatest message that you and I can preach to every single person is that God has a place in his family for you. God has a has made a way through the payment and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ so that you and I could be in his family. No matter what your past looks like, no matter what your presence looks like, God prepared a place for you long ago in his house. When God sent Jesus to die in your place, Scripture is clear that he came knowing that you were still in sin, but he chose to die for you anyways. So know that God prepared a room for you, even if you don't know you've got a room in his house yet. So if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Jesus died so that people could have a room in God's house. People died. Jesus died so that people could have a room in God's house. What I love about God is, you know, we've got this illustration of a house, and, and we know that we've heard that we are in the family of God. But I think about my house for a moment. In my house, you only get a room when you're part of the family. Guest, you get the couch, right? Come on, right? But, but family, family gets a room. You've got a room in the house that's designated for people who are in the family. So what I want you and I to know, understand, and embrace today is that in the house of God, we have been given a room. And for every single person, we want them to know that they have a place that God has designed and wired every single one of us to have a place in his family. Look at what Galatians chapter 4 verse 5 through 7 says. It says, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I love that passage of scripture because it shows you and I that when we experience and give our life to Jesus, we become adopted. We are brought into the family of God. We need to understand clearly that scripture says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. The only way that you have the capacity to occupy the space that God has made for you in his house is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have a space in the family of God through Jesus. Scripture calls you an heir, a a son or a daughter. And because of that, there's this incredible gift waiting on you. But I think we have a world that doesn't know what distance God was willing to go for them. I think we live in a world now where people have bought into this concept that God would rather judge them than save them. Or, Or they've, they've, seen Christians who haven't modeled the fact that Jesus Christ came, lived, and he died selflessly and sacrificially so that we could experience grace and goodness and mercy. We need to tell the world this message of hope, that Jesus Christ died so that they could be in the family of God. So if we live in a world, which I think we do, 
that needs to know that God has made a way for them, what are we going to do about it? Well, look at what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. You know, um, when, when we think of ambassadors, I don't know that we, we think about it in the, the biblical context. An ambassador is a representative. I've shared this with you before that, that I believe God has called every single follower of Jesus to be a representative of him 100 bajillion percent of the time. You're never not a representative. As an ambassador, Scripture says that you are like a city on a hill. You can't be hidden. You wouldn't, another passage of Scripture says that you wouldn't light a lamp and then place it under a basket. Why? Well, because your basket would catch on fire. No, it says because you wouldn't want to hide the light. God has placed this incredible light inside of you and, and he's placed you strategically in a dark world so that you can share the hope and mercy and grace of Jesus with others. The, the good news for every single one of us who are followers of Jesus is that we've been given this sacred opportunity to carry the good news that Jesus has made a way for us to be in God's family, that Jesus has made a way for us to be back in right standing with God, that Jesus Christ dying for us is the only way that we get to partake in this room that God has already prepared for us. We get to carry that message into a world that is hopeless into a world that is broken. You and I get to carry the good news of Jesus to people who feel like God has given up on them. We get to carry the grace and the mercy of Christ into our workplace that's filled with hope right now could be filled with fear. We get to carry certainty, not in what our future looks like as people, but certainty that he who began a good work will finish it. That God is not going to stop being faithful now because he was, he is, and he is to come. As ambassadors, we're not carrying our own message. We're carrying his message to the world, which is that Jesus Christ came. He lived a sinless life. He died in our place so that in him we might receive right standing with God. He has and will forever be the greatest news of all. We're ambassadors for Christ. And scripture says that God is making his appeal through us. What if the only glimpse of Jesus the people around you got to see was you? Do you feel that weight? Because if you don't, you should. That's responsibility. You've been brought into a family, and it's a great family. The family of God is incredible. I'm not saying the family of God is perfect, because the family of God is comprised of imperfect people. And imperfect people, they're a little messy sometimes. Not just sometimes. they messy a lot of times. Because some of your greatest wounds are probably from people who have claimed to be in the family of God. But God is making his appeal to the world through you. Feel that weight. Feel that responsibility. 
So what are we going to do about it? Well, it's our responsibility to tell the world that they have a room in God's house through Jesus. I want you to turn to somebody and say, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to tell the world that they have a room in God's house through Jesus. I'm going to read you that 2 Corinthians passage one more time. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Our call, our challenge as a church is not just to reconcile people to ourselves, but to show them that they can be reconciled to God through Jesus. And what I love about this illustration of a house is that a house has so many different size rooms. Tori and I have been um, house hunting right now. We live in Richfield. We're trying to move closer to Mount Pleasant. And, um, you know, as we've been going through this process, we've, we've toured uh, like 19 houses. I mean, it has been a lot. And every house is different, just like every church is different. But when we talk about being one house in many rooms, one house is our church is going to be unified. But what we're going to be unified around is the fact that we exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We're not unifying around a political agenda. We're not unifying around particular organizations or entities. We're not unifying around anything other than the gospel, which is that God made a way for us to experience his love, his grace, and his mercy through Jesus Christ. And in him, we're brought into the family of God. So we're one house. But inside that house, there's many different rooms. And those rooms are different sizes. So let me explain some of what that looks like for us over the course of the next 12 months. Um, We're going to have some larger rooms. So come on, master bedrooms. I love me a good master bedroom. You got a master bed and a master bath? Walk-in closets in Jesus' name, right? Some of our larger rooms are going to be physical gatherings. Over the course of the next 12 months, hear me say this, we do plan on regathering in person on Sunday mornings as a church. There are uh, Some of you may feel like this is a message where we're saying, hey, we're going fully online forever. That's not the case. We will be back in person at some point. We're working towards that. And I'll share more information. I've got some more information uh, about that for you after the message. There's a worship song, and then in the closing, I'll share some stuff with you there. Um, But we're going to have physical gatherings. And those physical gatherings are going to be larger rooms because in a larger room, you can fit more people. But our church is also going to focus now on creating some smaller rooms. These smaller rooms are going to look like things like church online. In fact, we're reallocating some people on our staff to focus fully on church online because we want to create larger gatherings for people to come and experience Jesus. But I also believe that there's a world full of people who are depressed and can't get out of bed, and the gospel needs to meet them right where they're at. 
And the worst thing that the local church can do is look at a lost and broken world and say, you come to us because we have all the answers. The Great Commission calls us as followers of Jesus to go, to go out, to leave the 99, which would be those who are already found and know Jesus, and go after the one. And some of the greatest ways we can go after the one is utilizing methods that the world has developed over the course of the last 20, 30 years of of technology, and we can use that and leverage it to continue to advance the gospel so that if there's a person who needs Jesus, they don't have to show up at a physical location. They can meet Jesus wherever they're at, right where they're at, because there was a church who was willing to create another room in the house, even though it's a smaller room, so that people could know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We want to create large rooms where where I'm telling you, we're growing up in a fatherless generation. And we need strong men of God who are going to step up to the plate and be leaders inside of our kids' ministry to model what godly manhood looks like. But let me say this as well. I think it's equally as important for us to reach the stay-at-home mom who has four kids and can't get to church on Sunday morning. So she's having to watch church online while she cooks food for four kids. We want to reach people wherever they're at. And with any what, what I've learned over the course of, of 2020 and just kind of pastoring through a pandemic is that sometimes we fall in love way too much with the way things have always been. We've got to fall in love with the mission, not the method. And so we're going to create smaller rooms We're in conversations right now with some assisted living facilities here in our area so that they could be one of the smaller rooms in our house that Propel Church can be the hands and feet of Jesus in those contexts. I'm looking at detention centers and and county jails and orphanages and places. Uh, The truth is, I don't even know of all the small room possibilities that our church could have because truthfully, that's up to you. You're a part of this church. When when you join Propel, we call you an owner. And the reason why we call you an owner is because members have rights, owners have responsibilities. If God has laid it on your heart to help create a small room in this house, we want to help you do that. And we're figuring out this what this next 12 months looks like as we move forward. But we're going to be one house, many rooms. Many rooms, um, I'll tell you, over the next 12 months, uh, being one house, many rooms, as we start adding rooms, as we start going and growing and seeing more people meet Jesus, uh, it's gonna, it may look like we're living in a renovation project. But y'all already know what that's like, right? We've been in this facility, and it looked like we were living in a renovation project then, too. Some of it's messy. But here's the good news. I think just the the same results that we saw with this new facility, when we're willing to embrace the mess, people catch the message of Jesus and their lives are changed forever. So if it requires you and I to get messy, let's do it. 
If it requires you and I to, to, to sacrifice some personal preferences so that people meet Jesus, it's worth it. If it requires you and I to serve sacrificially so that people meet Jesus, let's do it. If it requires you and I to give up some time so that we're better equipped and trained to be ambassadors of Christ so that God can make his appeal through us, let's do it. Whatever it takes to see people meet Jesus, let's be the church that's willing to do it. Let's go the distance. And so what I'm asking you for the next 12 months, really what I'm challenging you to do is to be all in with me in being one house, many rooms. If you're looking for a church to just sit in, I can name some great ones, but this one isn't it. If you're looking for a church who does everything the way you like and you only want to be involved and do things if things are done the way you'd like, let me help you find another church because I refuse to cater to the personal preferences of the found and forsake the lost. If you're looking for a place that stands on the fact that Jesus Christ is the only way to God, and is strategically designed to help you figure out what gifts God has given you and wants to send you out into the world to be the ambassador of Christ, to carry the good news of Jesus to the world, proclaiming in a dark world that there is room in God's house for lost and broken people, then welcome home. This is your church. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for the ability to talk about what it looks like over the course of the next 12 months to be one house, many rooms, to keep pushing forward. We thank you, God, that eventually we're going to be back in physical gatherings, and, and we're excited for that. But Lord, we don't long for the days of old. We become new wineskins to embrace the new thing that you're doing. God, we trust you in this process. We pray for these smaller rooms that we're creating with church online and, and the possibility of assisted living facilities and beyond that, that we would create more space for people to meet Jesus. And we know that as we create more space, you continue to fill it. And we thank you for that. You've done so much over the course of the last five years. And we know that our best days are ahead. For some of you who are watching this right now, you don't know Jesus and you've talked about it. Maybe you, you kind of have felt like you were too broken, jacked up, or messed up. But today we shared that Jesus died so that you, you could have a place in God's family. And if you'd say, hey, I haven't placed my hope and trust in Jesus, but I want to do so today, let me pray a prayer with you. Just say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, today, I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.